from today 305 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, the drama of Scripture. And uh, we've come to a place where the drama is getting, you know, particularly intense because uh, many of the things that uh, were hard to anticipate through the Old Testament prophet are being fulfilled in Christ, his rejection by the people and the elders and the fact that he uh, will be crucified and raised again uh, on, the, on the third day. Uh, we've already had a couple of, uh, you know, moments uh, that, you know, foreshadow his death. Uh, we've had his uh, anointing with expensive perfume uh, by a lady who Jesus said is preparing me for my burial. And then, of course, we've had him around the table at the Passover, giving the bread and saying, this is my body, which is for you, and giving the cup, and this is the, uh, my blood, which is the new covenant, you know, for the forgiveness of your sin. And in the middle of the warmth of the Passover, uh, Jesus predicts that all of the disciples will fall away. And, of course, Peter has made a strong declaration that he indeed will not. And, of course, we, we come to that place where indeed he, he did as uh, we pick up you know, in the middle of uh, you know, Matthew chapter 25 or 26, uh, beginning in verse 35. Beginning in verse 36. Before we do, let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your, your grace. We thank you for the grace in the face of the cross. We thank you that you endured the cross and scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of the Father for the joy set before you. And uh, we thank you that the gift that you give us through the cross is a gift of your joy and uh, your joy in us as complete joy. So, Father, as we read, may we be moved by who you are. May we be moved, uh, Father, to give ourselves more fully to you, to, to know you, to love you, and to walk with you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Matthew 26, 36. And then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My father... If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for just one hour, he asked? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed, and the third time saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent out from the chief priest and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with him, The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. The men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will not at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that said it must happen this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, 
Am I leading a rebellion that you come out with me in swords and clubs to capture me every day? I sit in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. This has all taken place that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down, in the, uh, sat down with the guards to see the outcome. Chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You've said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? That's my phone. Sorry about that. He has spoken blasphemy. Uh, why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He's worthy of death, they replied. Then they spit on his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also are worth Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow is with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath, I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows. You will disown me three times. And he went outside. And he wept bitterly. But a grave moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, uh, when Peter, you know, it says he called down curses, it's the, the nature of the curse is not so much, you know, the foul language we use. It would be, you know, I swear by God, may it happen to me uh, under his judgment. Uh, it may happen to me ever so severely. Uh, you know, so he's uh, uh, calling down a curse on himself in order to not identify with Jesus. And uh, so uh, the positive first two are positive oaths. You know, I, I promise you by the temple, yeah. or I promise you by the altar. And the final one is, I, I promise you at risk of judgment. I don't know if there's anything to it, but it, I guess it just kind of stood out to me this time reading through this passage that you know, as Peter disowns Jesus, it wasn't really until the third time and that rooster crowing that he actually remembered, you know, the words of Jesus, you know, which, you know, if I'm looking in my own life and just kind of, you know, I mean, just a little bit earlier, he's like, I'll never disown you. I'll, if I have to go to death, I, you know, I won't disown you. And then he, he does and he does and he does again. And then he finally remembers, you know, what Jesus had told him, which, you know, we're just so quick to make big claims and then so quickly we just no. don't follow through with them and or, or we forget that we've made those claims possibly and, and of course you know you know jesus describes this moment you know the spirit is sometimes willing but the flesh is weak and uh in, in, in a moment of emotion we 
uh, we do make big claims. And of course, the, the problem with those moments of emotions, we are looking for, you know, to ourselves rather than, you know, looking to him. And uh, we deeply overestimate the strength of our flesh and our ability, you know, to do anything that is righteous, to do anything that is brave, to do anything, you know, that is, you know, that is noble. And, and, and of course, Peter does not have what we have, the gift of the coming of the Holy Spirit and God's presence, you know, to sustain us. Mm-hmm. But Peter does have what we so often have that we shouldn't have, and that's, that's overconfidence in his own ability. Um, to be and do the things that he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I always love the garden. Um, I guess, you know, just because we begin to see just, um, you know, the humanity of Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, my heart is so moved to hear him talk about his soul being overwhelmed with sorrow. Yeah, to the point and, of death. Right, and to be, feel sorrow and trouble. Yeah. And, um, I guess that's always moved me that he probably, um, I mean, while I would never discount the cross and what would happen on the cross, yeah. but he died in the garden to yeah. you know the flesh. Then. No, uh, there, and, and it is, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we think of, when we think of, you know, when we think of the Son, you know, as, uh, you know, the third person of the Trinity or you know, the second person of the mm-hmm. Trinity, co-equal, co-eternal, and indivisible, you know, from the Father and the Spirit, uh, you know, we somehow, you know, think of the cross as a, as a cakewalk, you know, not a big deal. But uh, not only was the cross, you know, a, a huge ordeal, you know, to bear, even the anticipation of the cross was a huge ordeal to bear. And of course, we have other gospel writers, you know, describing, you know, great sweat drops, you know, thick as blood, mm-hmm. you know, dropping from him and the agony that he is in there. And so the anticipation of the cross uh, is, is grave. And, and you hear it in that prayer, if it's all possible, mm-hmm. you know, let this cup pass from me. And, and of course, I've, I've always loved as we go to the Lord's table, you know, the disposition of the two cups, the cup he gave us. Uh, which is a cup of you know joy and a cup of redemption and a cup of expectation you know, for God's coming. Uh, the cup he drank of was a cup of bitterness, the cup of mm-hmm. judgment. Mm-hmm. So he drank a cup of judgment in order that we might uh, drink a cup of joy. And often we've you know talked about uh, you know the Lord's prayer you know that we have in the Sermon on the Mount, our Father in heaven. Uh, many have said that's that's more properly the disciples' prayer. Here's our Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that is the heart of surrender and the heart of prayer. And all of us, you know, will have to come into you know, major places like this. I I like uh, I have to. One of the you know one of the things that I you know really love in in this passage is a. Uh, and I'm trying to find it right now. Is where he describes. You know, they ask him. You know, I, I, I charge you, verse you know, mm-hmm. sixty-three. Uh, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you're Messiah, the Son of God. You said so. Jesus replied, and it's almost as if he's not answering, except for the very next verse he quotes is is the answer. But I say to all of you from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming in the clouds of heaven. So he has used that image from Daniel chapter 7, verse 14, 
which describes one like a son of man who comes to the ancient of days and receives a kingdom mm. that will never end. Mm-hmm. And, and so the answer is not only yes, am I Messiah, but one day you're going to glance up and see me at the right hand of the Father and see me coming in the clouds of heaven. And, of course, the conclusion is there's no way that could be true. He's blaspheming. Mm-hmm. I, I think they may know that it's true <laughs> and that they are the ones blaspheming. Mm-hmm. And as we see all the, you know, you, you talked about it in the introduction a few days ago, all, all, Matthew's always talking about things being fulfilled, you know, and so even when one of the disciples cut off the ear and I could call down all these people yet, you know, he says that these things must happen so that these things are fulfilled. Yeah. And he, he says it twice. And then, you know, yeah, you read earlier in verse 63, Jesus was silent. You know, that's Isaiah 53, you know, as a before, sheep stands for its shears. Before its shears is silent. Yeah. So you've seen Absolutely. all those images come together. Yeah, we, you know, we have, uh, there, there's so many Old Testament echoes there and, and they're so rich, you know, especially when you're, you're reading backwards, you know, and you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're coming from the cross and you're seeing how, uh, you know, the, the gospel writers are seeing these moments in Israel's history being fulfilled in the person of Christ, uh, you know, in, in, in deep and beautiful ways. And, and of course, you know, uh, we, we know from the gospel of Mark, it's Peter who grabbed the sword and, and I thought that this was, you know, his, his brave moment. So we have him overreacting there and underreacting, you know, just a few verses later and he's really all over the place. And Jesus said, you know what? I, I'm okay. I don't need your sword. Don't you know I could call on the Father and he would you know, send 12 legions of angels. And of course, we, we put it in a song today, he could have called 10,000 angels and that's about what 12 legions would be, 800. And one angel, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, can do a lot of, a lot <laughs> yeah, of damage. <laughs> so it's, yeah, we're, there's more than enough power to meet this moment, but the power is, is, is going to be realized in weakness mm-hmm. and in humility and in sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's the beauty of the cross. David, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we do thank you so much for, for Jesus. Uh, we thank you for his heart to come before you um, and, and to desire your will to be done above his own. Um, we thank you for the cup that he bore on our behalf. And we ask um, that even now you would... Um, Help our hearts and to, to, to feel and, and, and to know the magnitude of what Christ has done for us. Uh, forgive us when we kind of just make it so trivial or we're just so kind of, yeah, Jesus went to the cross. But may we deeply feel um, how wonderful it is that he bore the cup of God's wrath for us. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. Amen.